Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Equip You and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And with me today is our friend and our brother in Christ, Ernie Baker. Welcome back, brother. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's good to have you. Well, can you catch us up on what's been happening? I think it's been like a maybe a year or so, maybe two years. I don't know. Um, what's happening in your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on ministry project-wise? Well, the big news for our family in recent months is we are now up to 14 grandchildren, and uh, we had three new grandchildren within 20 hours. So that I think uh, that may set some kind of record. I don't know. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> yes. So twins and all girls, twins, and uh, then our one of our daughters had twins, and then uh, daughter-in-law had another little girl, and my wife is actually visiting all of them right now. She started up in New England and then is making her way down to Virginia and getting to be a grandma right now. So, Aww. yeah, it's great. And then um, ministry-wise, probably since the last time I was on the show with you, I have started working with overseas instruction in counseling, and I'm the director of training for that organization. And the Lord is blessing us abundantly. Uh, we're in 30, I think 32 countries now, uh, providing local church level training. And I believe we are in nine academic institutions providing uh, mostly graduate level biblical counseling training with uh, six more schools about to join us. And uh, that's my main responsibility is overseeing the academic uh, institutions. And then uh, there's been a lot of writing projects like the book we're going to talk about. And that's a lot of writing projects going on. I'm just finishing a grief curriculum for our church and uh, these books, and then writing a chapter for uh, Master's University has a book called Think Biblically, and a new ber- new version of that's coming out. And Greg, Gif- Greg Gifford and I are co-authoring a chapter on mental health and how to think about that biblically. Oh, wow. So lots of, lots of writing projects. Thank you so much for, for your work on that. That is such an important topic. We'll definitely have to have you back to, to talk about that. That's uh, massive. So, but uh, you stay, you definitely stay busy, never bored. That's for sure. Thank you for all that you're doing, brother, for God's glory and the good of God's people. So. Well, can you can you tell us about this book, Biblical Counseling and the Psychologies, why you wrote it, and how you hope it'll be received? Um, so I've been reflecting a lot on why I wrote this book since, I mean, even before writing the book, I proposed this book project to Shepherd Press two years ago, and they were interested then. And I, I would just say uh, for any listeners, I'm very thankful for Shepherd Press that they were willing to take this project on. And it's quite a big project. It's not just this book. Uh, There's also another one in the series that's already been released. And we have at least four more titles in the works right now. People are already writing. We have two where the authors are already writing. 
and uh, then we're discussing proposals for the next two after that. So uh, I'm, I've been very blessed by biblical counseling. My first biblical counseling class was in 1978, believe it or not. Uh, I was doing some calculations. I started Bible college 47 years ago, and I, I actually, uh, so 47 years ago right now, I was in Bible college, and wow. uh, 46 years ago, I had my first biblical counseling class, and it was a real biblical counseling class. We used Jay Adams textbooks, and then um, I went to seminary and had every class I could, any elective I had, I took in biblical counseling. That that back to Bible college, that was very life transformative for me. And I didn't know the story that the Lord was writing in my life way back then, but he obviously had a story that he was writing. And then I went and did my doctorate later on with David Pallison and Ed Welch and Paul Tripp. And biblical counseling has been a just a massive blessing to me. And I I'm because I'm concerned about some of the trends I'm hearing and seeing in biblical counseling, I'm I'm going on 66 now. And I want to make sure I pass the baton down to the next generation faithfully. And that's really what motivated me to write the book is lots of talk about what biblical counseling should be right now. And uh, even some talking about what it has been, and I think maybe even misquoting some of the founders. And I'm trying to just give my two cents worth of, no, here's what biblical counseling is. And uh, so that we can just pass a faithful version of biblical counseling down to the next generation. Yeah. Uh, guys, if you're watching the video, here is the book, just so you can see it. Um, it is, it, I think this is a, a really helpful book and, you know, you, you talk about dealing with things and issues. Um, you deal with them fairly. You, you cite people, um, correctly. Um, you deal with ideas, um, and, and you deal with them substantively. Um, but you deal with them also, I'll say succinctly because this is only a 98 page book. So, right. Uh, and that's how every one of the books will be. Yeah. Uh, our word count is going to be around 15,000 words for each one of the books. And they're, they're, each book is going to be on a single issue. Uh, we don't want to overwhelm people, but we want to write. We're writing toward the serious lay reader is our target audience. And we want to give enough footnotes that in case people want to go and do more research, they can go do more research. Yeah, that sounds good. That sounds good. Well, how can uh maybe maybe just you just told us a little bit about this series. Um, how do you hope that this series, the critical issues in biblical counseling series, how do you how do you hope that this will serve the biblical counseling community, current biblical counselors, and even future biblical counselors? Well, I I'm hoping people will think. Uh, I hope that people will see that we are being rigorously and consistently biblical. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. We're going to, you know, the, the whole idea of presuppositions and Cornelius Van Til, that's our heritage. And we're just trying to be consistently biblical, uh, consistently reformed in the way we think about the Bible and how to help people. Uh, our world obviously needs a lot of help. And there's never been a better time to be a biblical counselor. Uh, hmm. The, the needs of the world are great. The gospel is powerful. 
So I hope that this will sharpen thinking. I hope it'll add to the conversation that's going on in the broader biblical counseling world. Uh, we're trying to recruit well-qualified uh, uh, individuals. Uh, for example, the next one of the next books coming out in the spring is Biblical Counseling and the DSM, and it's being written by a psychologist who is an ACBC certified counselor, and she, I mean, she's an expert in the DSM. No one can deny her credentials, but she's also an ACBC counselor, so she's trying to think in a very clear biblical way and in, with a research background about the DSM. So I'm hoping it'll sharpen thinking. I hope it'll add to the conversation. I hope that people will see that we're not trying to be disrespectful, but we are calling into question in a respectful way uh, some of the things that are being claimed in the broader biblical counseling world. And I think, uh, as we'll talk about, I think that's a good thing. Um, it's it's an important thing. So, well, how can a biblical lens help us to rightly evaluate the study of psychology? I just mentioned uh, presuppositions, and we're going to we'll talk more about that. I think in one of the next questions. But presuppositions is the idea that uh, biblical principles, biblical lenses, should guide everything, not biblical lenses plus psychological lenses. So I want to look at biblic I want to look at the subject of psychology through a very clear biblical lens. And I think of there's a lot of verses I could cite right now, but I'll just cite two. Romans 11:36, for from him, through him, and to him are all things. And so that includes the study of counseling and psychology, how to help people. So how do I do this as if it's from him, through him, and to him? And then secondly, just a few verses later, Paul says, do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you know, we often use that as a counseling verse to help people with their thinking, which is totally legitimate. Uh, you have to think differently about your fear, your anxiety, or whatever it is. But I'm, I'm using it in a broader sense of uh, like Paul does in Second Corinthians, take every thought captive to obedience to Christ. So biblical lenses help us to evaluate all the truth claims of the world. And that's what we're trying to do is, okay, we can do that with evolution. We can do that with psychology. Uh, we can do that with the claims of certain types of psychology, like trauma-informed counseling, I want to be rigorously biblical, and uh, where I'm not being rigorously biblical, I would like someone to tell me, because uh, you know my opinion on the matter does not matter. What God thinks is what is our concern. I think where the the rub that's really good. I think where the rub comes in, and I, I'd be interested to hear what you have to think uh, when it comes to psychology is is biblical counseling, you know, against. Um, medicine you know and and i think that that is where that a lot where we've seen it at least from my estimation um and in, in this in this conversation where where we've seen a lot of pushback and and so can christians 
take medicine? Should they, I guess, go to a doctor? You know, of course, we know that that larger conversation is related to, you know, common grace and kind of questions and issues. So what, what are your thoughts about that? As, you know, as you as you evaluate that through a biblical lens. Hmm. So I'll switch to the other book, which is Heath Lambert's book on common grace. It's called, mine's called Biblical Counseling and the Psychologies. Heath's yeah. is called Biblical Counseling and Common Grace. And uh, right on the front cover of what was chosen by the publisher to put on the front cover was uh, some pills, some medicine, uh, some bottles of pills. And you'll see very clearly in Heath's book that he's not against medicine. In fact, he really is thankful for medicine. He's had eight, seven brain surgeries and an eighth to correct some issues. And um, he's very clear of thank how thankful he is for medicine. But that's not the point we're trying to make when it comes to sufficiency of scripture. Uh, the point is that we can build a complete counseling system out of the Bible. And part of the Bible is the body. Uh, the body is very clearly talked about in the, the Bible, but that's not our realm of responsibility. Uh, and it has historically been the position of biblical counseling that we refer people to doctors for physical issues. Uh, one of the next books, along with biblical counseling in the DSM, is biblical counseling in the body because of these issues. So those are two more of the forthcoming books is we're trying to clarify some of these misperceptions um, yeah. that people and accusations that and caricatures that I believe people are are making. I I'm very concerned about what's going on in the body with my counselees. I always ask about sleep issues. I I I ask about what they're experiencing. Uh, traditionally, the word for that's called phenomenology. Uh, you know, what is the experience of the counselee? I'm always asking them about what are they experiencing. I want to know about anxiety. Uh, we've had a counselee recently in our church counseling ministry with extreme hives because of the anxiety she is under. And so we're making sure she's going to her doctor to deal with issues like that. While we deal with the soul issues, the doctor's trying to help her with the physical manifestations of that. So I think a lot of it's a character caricature. If someone reads the book, they'll see that I'm I'm personally, I'm very interested in neuroscience, and I just want to read it through a biblical lens, and I also want to read it through a um, lens that's being accurate scientifically, because there's a lot of claims that are being made that really aren't accurate. Mm. Thank you, brother, for clarifying that. I think that's a, that's a really good, and it's a helpful answer, and it's fair for you um, you know, to offer a clarification for those who, you know, might misunderstand or, or not grasp the the historical nature of what's been said. So I think that's good. Um, what is the relationship between biblical counseling and presuppositional thinking? And how does this thinking work itself out in practice in biblical counseling? So we're, we're 50 years in now pretty much, uh, since Jay Adams, who's the modern father of biblical counseling, he was writing in the 60s, 1960s, and uh, launched Competent to Counsel. And when organizations hit, it's kind of commonly known that when you hit your 50th anniversary, you got to go back 
and revisit your foundational principles because it's easy to lose sight of why you were founded. And I'm concerned that a bit of that's happening in biblical counseling. People love biblical counseling material. They love how practical it is. You know, put off the old man, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, put on the new man. How do you do that? How do you discipline your thinking? People really love biblical counseling material. We're seeing that all over the world. But we haven't been, and I can tell you this just as a, a leader in the, especially the ACBC world, we don't talk about presuppositional apologetics much. And that's our found, that's part of our foundation. And Jay Adams was very clear when he wrote Competent to Counsel right in the introduction that he was basing his view of counseling right out of Cornelius Van Til's presuppositional approach to counseling. And then David Pallison, and I, I talk about this in the book a little bit, David Pallison is a, a graduate of Westminster Seminary, and so he was taught and uh, schooled in Vantillian presuppositional apologetics, and then he wrote a lot about presuppositions, um, and uh, he told Heath one time in a private conversation, uh, Heath Lambert and I have had a lot of conversations about these issues, and he told Heath in a private conversation one time that biblical counseling only works on a presuppositional foundation. So Van Til's presuppositional apologetics approach is, especially in the area of common grace, is an area that we've got to go back and revisit. Um, when we say presuppositional apologetics, and what Van Til meant by that is that there's truths that govern other truths, and an example of that would be Romans 11.36 again, for from him, through him, and to him are all things. So that's a truth that governs other truths, uh, other truth claims out in the, the world. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10.31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Well, that's a governing truth claim that should govern other truths. Biblical worldview gives us truths to analyze other truths. A key one would be there's a sin nature. Genesis 3 is literal, and psychology does not believe that. Psychology does not believe there's a sin nature. They have all kinds of other explanations for evil and why people do evil things. So presuppositional apologetics is starting with the assumptions of the Bible, and then through biblical eyeglasses, I want to look at everything and evaluate every claim of psychology but I'm starting from the assumptions that the, the Bible is exactly what it says it is. There is a triune God. There is a sin nature. The Bible's the living word of God. Jesus Christ is the Savior. He can change lives radically. All those are presuppositions that govern other secular truth claims. Hmm. That's really good. Really good. Uh, what is cognitive behavioral psychology, and why should Christians be concerned about it? CBT was developed by a guy named Aaron Beck and his daughter, then Judith Beck. And, you know, many people struggle with this question because it sounds a lot like Christian teaching of change your thinking, change your behavior. And that's actually a, um, a bit of a misunderstanding of CBT because CBT goes a little bit different than, or a little deeper than change your cognitive processes and it'll change your behavior. 
they recognize there are deep beliefs that people have, like, I am inadequate. Um, I can't meet others' expectations. And without getting too technical, they call those schemas. And it's, you know, what is governing a person? What are they living by? Well, I believe the Bible is more robust than that. The Bible doesn't just deal with like this limited amount of truth claims that people are trying trying to live up to and they fail. The Bible goes down into the thoughts and intentions of the heart and what's being worshipped. Mm. So I don't want to just deal with changing someone's thought process to help them become a better version of them, which is what CBT is trying to do. Many of the psychologies, it's about how how can you improve yourself? Well, in the Bible, self is part of the core of the problem. I don't want a better version of self. I want a new creation. I want to be a I want to be a different person. Myself, you know, I, I need to die to self and become Christ-like. Uh, so CBT is trying to help people to recognize the false beliefs, and then um, live more consistent, more rational, and be a better version of themselves. And biblically, we want to work on heart transformation and at a deep level with the person. Hmm. The reason we're talking about this is because CBT is talked about in the book and uh, for the listeners, just so they understand the structure of the book, I give seven criteria for how to understand counseling systems. And one of the systems is cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, that's that's really good. Really good. What is uh, trauma-informed theory? And again, why should Christians be concerned about this? If uh, any of your listeners are involved in uh, public school, maybe even hospital systems, they have probably had to go through trauma uh, training and not trauma training like an emergency room, but trauma as in what has happened in this person's life. For about the last two years, I've done an in-depth study of trauma-informed counseling because it was becoming the buzzword. And and then there was a book I became aware of called The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And it's, it has sold to date over 2 million copies. So anytime a book sells 2 million copies, uh, I and it's that culturally relevant, I want to understand what's going on with that book. And he's considered the guru, Bessel van der Kolk, he's considered the guru of trauma counseling. And this book is being quoted and read. I, I taught in uh, Uganda and Ethiopia back in January. And one of the first things I was asked about was Bessel van der Kolk's book, The Body Keeps the Score, even in Ethiopia and Uganda. I was kind of shocked. And then I was in Brazil just recently, and they wanted me to do lectures on trauma counseling and how to think about it biblically. In January, I'm going to be at a biblical counseling conference, and they want me to do I'm doing five presentations about trauma counseling. Uh, This is the buzzword right now. And how do you think about it biblically? Uh, The Bible has a lot to say about trauma. Uh, All you have to do is think about our Savior being on the cross and the incredible affliction he went through. And then the question trauma 
counseling is trying to ask is what does trauma do to people uh, biologically, emotionally? And that's been good for me to think through because I do believe the Bible addresses that. Uh, one of the main things I've learned positively from trauma counseling is that how much they really want to help people. And the Bible has a lot to say about being sensitive to sufferers and how to be sensitive to sufferers. So there's been a lot of good in my own personal, my life personally, about how to think about uh, victims of deep affliction. And uh, but the the methodologies that are proposed come right from a secular point of view, come right out of a secular worldview. Uh, for example, uh, Bessel van der Kolk talks about the primal part of the brain. Uh, page four of the book, he is, I mean, you can see the evolutionary theory coming out right from page four of the book. And there's a lot of other claims made. So I have concerns. I don't have concerns about that humans go through deep suffering and affliction. That's very biblical. I have concerns about their interpretation of that and how to then help people. You know, one of the things they would say is that uh, it does, some schools of secular trauma theory would say that trauma does permanent damage to the brain. Hmm. And we we just can't believe that. Uh, people can change. Hmm. Uh, otherwise, you just become a victim of your circumstances. Hmm. That's really good. You know, um, why is it vital that we have a good understanding of Scripture as biblical counselors, and especially to combat competing worldviews in counseling? I think uh, the best way to answer that question, so I obviously wear glasses, and if I had glasses, lenses, and I've graduated to trifocals now, though I'm really relying on my glasses, and if I take my glasses off, everything's really blurry, and uh, I would start getting a headache and start feeling queasy if I didn't have my glasses on. But as soon as I put my glasses on, everything comes into focus. So that's the Bible for me. The Bible are my eyeglasses. It helps me make sense of reality, what's going on in the world, why there's evil. And But if my lenses are scratched, my biblical lenses are scratched. And I, I have a pair of sun clip-on sunglasses that I put over this pair of glasses and they're getting really worn out now. And my my wife even said to me a few weeks ago, she was trying to clean them for me. You know, these things are pretty beat up. I put those on and I don't know if it's better or not to put my sunglasses on because they're so scratched up. Well, if you don't have a clear understanding of the Bible, you're not going to be able to make sense of reality going on around you. The other thing I would say is that every counseling system secular counseling system is theological, whether it's cognitive behavioral therapy, trauma-informed therapy, um, Mas Abraham Maslow, whatever it is, there's an anthropology, they have a view of humans, there's a soteriology, they have a view of what the solution is, there's a sanctification, they have a view of the methodology to help people change, they have an ecclesiology, What's the institutional body that should help people? So counseling by its very nature is theological. So the better I know my theology, the better I'm going to be able to interpret the world around me. That's why people need to know their Bible. They, they need to know their theology so that they can think clearly about the issues that are going, going on. 
That is uh, that is really, really good. Really, really helpful. Well, brother, where can people go to find out more about you on social media or otherwise? Involved in a bunch of different things right now. Uh, so First Baptist Church of Jacksonville, our counseling ministry is called First Counseling. And we have 40-some counselors now. And uh, so I'm on fbcjacks.com on the internet there. Uh, OIC, Overseas Instruction and Counseling, uh, would love for people to check out OIC and what we're doing around the world. Masters University, I chair the online biblical counseling uh, bachelor's degree for Masters University. And then um, Shepherd Press has information about my books uh, with Shepherd Press. So those would be the main main areas. That's really good, brother. Really good. And you, you post uh, post a lot on Facebook about you know your family and other things that you're writing, and so I always enjoy seeing your your updates. So there's about to be so a big push with these books. Uh, they're they're available right now on uh, Shepherd uh, Press, and they're going to be on Amazon within the next week or so. Sounds good. So there, you'll see a lot of push when uh, <laughs> when they're available on Amazon. That's understandable. That's understandable. You know, you got to share about share about your book and happy. It makes the publisher happy too. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, brother, there's you know just as we land the plane on this, there's a lot that we could really talk about. And as I always say, we only scratch the surface on this topic. So, uh, can you give us a few takeaways as we end our conversation today? I think the biggest thing, Dave, would be please be discerning. There are so, our world's a mess and people are proposing all kinds of solutions, especially in the mental health world. And we really need to be discerning about what we're hearing. All kinds of truth claims are being made. Uh, Seems like a lot of it's in the area of neuroscience. A lot of big claims are being made about what neuroscience can do and can't do. That's another one of the books coming out. It's going to be called Biblical Counseling in the Brain. Uh, what is true, what's not true. So just be discerning. Scripture has a lot to say about discernment. Um, and uh, that would be my loving admonition to the listeners is Proverbs chapter two talks about how you grow in wisdom. And Proverbs two, six is probably the best verse in the Bible for a definition of wisdom. And I, I hope that all your listeners will just saturate themselves in biblical thinking and grow in wisdom. Mm. That's wonderful, brother. Amen. Well, guys, uh, today we've been talking with my friend and our brother in Christ, Ernie Baker, about his book, Biblical Counseling and the Psychologies. It's part of the Critical Issues in Biblical Counseling series from Shepherd's Press. Here again is the book, if you're watching the video. Brother, I just want to say thank you for your friendship. Thank you for all that you're doing for the glory of God and the good of God's people in, in the local church, outside of it, through ACBC, through um, overseas, uh, the, the ministry overseas, instruction and counseling, uh, the master's university, and, and, it, and it just goes on and on. The Lord's using you in many ways, and, and it's, it's a blessing. Um, so thank you, brother. Thanks. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk about the book. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. 
If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.